All right, Motown Rundown coming back at you. It is June 17th as we are recording this. Uh, still at home, still over Zoom, but we're here. We're alive. Ryan Collins is shirtless from his bed recording via Zoom. Uh, Collins, we'll start with you because you look tremendous today. How are you feeling? Thank are you wearing are you wearing are you wearing pants? Yes, I'm wearing pants. I've been I've been grinding the last couple of days because I'm taking a summer class. Oh. And of course, I procrastinated till the last minute to do this paper or first assignment all like semester. <laughs> Have you guys ever like taken a summer class at state? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm doing it right now too. Is it like is it just me or I swear they used to do them in sessions like mine is literally over the whole summer. Yeah, minus two. I, I yeah, I thought that used to be like half the summer, and then the other half they'd do other classes and stuff. Some are. It depends. I've never had to do one where I've had to be present on campus in the summer, but summer they have session one and session two. But all the, I think the two or three that I took over the summer were the entire summer worth of uh, credits. But whatever. Beautiful day. I was tanning while I was typing out this paper, and then I uh, came up here and got to cool down in the bedroom. So how are we doing today? Trent, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I wake up every day in Ludington, Michigan. Beautiful city. Um, the beach is about three blocks that way. Terrible radio, whatever. <laughs> Which way, Trent? Which way are you pointing on I, your screen? I think, I think I'm pointing north. I'm not north, positive. Northeast? Yeah. That's okay. I, no, I'm pointing, I'm pointing east. I don't know. <laughs> Miles came up to visit me, my brother. He's up here right now. So we nice. had a good time. Last he's night, still, he he's here. still sleeping, isn't he? Isn't he? He's asleep. No, no, he is actually not. He did sleep till eleven, but he he's up. Ah. He's doing work with uh, my grandpa. But that's that. I don't know. I live with my grandparents. It's a pretty good time. Uh, I get work done. I do internship stuff. I don't watch sports. Yeah, the, we're not going to get sports this year. It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty sad. Like I think football is our first chance of it actually happening. I think so too. The more and more things keep unfolding, it's just like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I I was so excited for the NBA and this Disney bubble thing. I still am, but it's just hard not to be pessimistic about it. I it like it sounds like they're gonna play, but like at the same time, there's a lot of moving factors, and like I don't know how they didn't discuss this with the players already. I thought they were like everything I heard was like, oh yeah, they're discussing the bubble, but. Like, these guys have a – lot. a lot of these guys, I would say, like, 50% of the league have, like, we don't have to do anything for the rest of our life money. Like, I, not 50, but probably, like, 30 yeah. or 40 percent of the league. Yeah. But, like, why would they want to do this for, like, two and a half months if they can't do anything while the rest of the world's kind of getting back to normal, hopefully, at this point? So, I, I get why those guys don't want to do it, but it's sad. It's sad. It's nice to have golf back, though. That was fun last weekend. Oh, yeah. Speaking of golf, not to brag or anything, did have a career-best round at Devil's Ridge and Metamora. Collins, I'm not, Collins, I don't want to tell you the score because I know that you shot, like, lower than this, like, it, probably consistently through your entire career. But I had a career-best round at Devil's Ridge. And then, of course, I come back on Sunday at 4. Tumultuous. Seven, 78, Devil's Ridge. That's good, dude. I'm not chirping you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm just saying, I'm sure like you've probably broken. I mean, that's probably my first time breaking 80. I think in like a legit golf round, believe it or not, that was huge for me. I was fired up. That, there's a, that's one of the best feelings in the entire world, breaking 80. 
There's like I just, a few sports things that are like, I would say hitting a home run would probably be the <laughs> only thing I can equivalent to. Maybe it, I, I wouldn't even say dunking because I think dunking is just more like athletic ability. Yeah. Like shooting in the seventies or in like hitting a home run, like it's a combination of skill and like, I, 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 I don't know how to start. Would you, would you say any other like sports thing? could compare to breaking 80 or hitting a home run? I would say, I mean, maybe scoring a hat trick, like that's a hat trick might do it. But I hear what you're saying. Like dunking is an athletic skill. I, I will never be able to dunk. And if I do dunk, it'll be like a one-off fluke and I'm never be able to do it again. But, yeah, as far as that's a, a singular that, sports accomplishment moment, like home run, breaking 80, maybe a hole-in-one, hat yeah. trick. I don't know, buzzer beater, three-pointer. But I everything just clicked for me on this day. This was like – I think this was last Saturday. Everything clicked. Two cups of coffee in the morning, great breakfast. I was doing some reading before I left. Great car ride into the, into Metamora. Never – I don't even know where Metamora is, but that's where I was. And then, of course, I texted everyone about it. And then Sunday I had like a career worst round at, uh, at Forest Acres. I absolutely fell apart. What you shoot at Forest Acres? 97. That is, so that's okay. where like you can't I, so, uh, see that's where I tell people I shot a seventy eight and then I go, they're like what'd you shoot on Sunday I go ninety seven they're like are you sure you shot a seventy eight like did you yeah mess the math that's up exactly there? what I was gonna say I, I'm telling you dude I have three witnesses at just every ball I hit I felt comfortable I was smiling I you could you couldn't wipe the smile off my face it's unbelievable yeah dude I'm going in a rough patch in the golf game right now it's uh, I I'm. Get infuriated. You guys know that I work at a golf course, so I get to play for free out there. So I try and get out there and play a couple holes every once in a while. Uh, golf is the most infuriating sport of all time. Like it's not. I, I don't think it's even close because you hit two or three shots. You're like, okay, I could be <laughs> sick at this game, and then the rest of the round, you're like, oh, I'm a little bit teeny weeny. I'm really close to getting to where I want to be. And then you hit like three or four shots. You're like, I should quit this game. I can't. Yeah. It's never gonna happen. Well, you like, you how did fall in love with it because when you're doing well, it's like the best feeling in the world. And again, I don't even golf, but I just know this from like you know people always. Golf to me is one of the biggest sports that people just like like to talk about how they did. Like, yes. Oh, I did. Pre- like, if you go if you go play some pickup basketball and you come home, you're not like telling everyone that you went off and like. I do. I do that. I, I think baseball is the number one sport. Hey, Dad, I went three for four today against, like, the Rottweilers and Coach yeah. Pitch. Hey, Dad, I, 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 I yeah. yeah, the yeah, Novi like, Fingers. Uh, the Novi Fingers. I made, I, made a gr- I made a great play at second today. Turn two. Like, <laughs> that, that, uh, that's uh, – baseball. talking about baseball, dude, did you guys watch Long Gone Summer? I didn't. No, not yet. I'm going to do it today. I haven't watched it either, but, like, all the reviews I've seen is that it's not good. Oh, and damn it, really? I know. But, like, I heard if you weren't around for it or you don't really remember it, it'll be a fun watch because it's just, like, showing all those guys when we were super, super young how nasty they were, like Griffey, yeah. Sosa, and, like, McGuire. But speaking of baseball, like, I can't imagine being, like, a 12-year-old right now. I think that recreational sports are starting to, like, continue now. They're but, playing, like, baby. Are they? My brother's team is playing. They got a tournament. They played a tournament in Toledo, maybe not last weekend, but the weekend before that. And they're going off to Ohio again this weekend to play in a tournament. They got a game under the lights tomorrow night. But it's the, the 
See, that's the thing is when, when these tournaments originally, all these tournaments they were supposed to play this summer were getting canceled. And then once things started to open back up, I think they were rescheduling some and the tournament, whatever the tournament they just played in was weird because uh, you could only have like you were the teams were given wristbands to give to family members and you only were given a certain number of wristbands. And then they were telling kids that they had to wear a mask whenever they weren't on the field. And then they like weren't wearing masks and they couldn't use the dugouts and people couldn't, I don't know, but they're playing baseball. But I, I agree like for, for recreate and I'm someone who obviously I'm involved, you know, coaching youth hockey and, and sometimes my brother's baseball team when I'm around. But if you're a kid right now, like this is like your summer is baseball and it's golf and it's, you know, training and your off season stuff for your other sports. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like for me, like I'm, I don't play competitive sports anymore. So it is what it is. I go to the local elementary school and put up 150 shots from the free throw line and make like 60 of them. And that's my workout for the day. But I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like this is peak baseball time. Baseball, like they're playing, but it's just, it just, I don't know. I don't know what each state is like and what the rules are and whatnot, but I hear you. I mean, sure, I don't know what sports you played when you were young, but I know Rabs played baseball like yeah. around the 12 to 13, 14 year old range. And those are honestly like my best memories like playing sports or like doing anything with like a group of people because it was just so pure and fun. And it's just like what happened to Rabs, like not having to enjoy his like last half of the senior year, not properly saying goodbye. I think you're starting now being able to stay up there in the summer Rabs to get a little bit more closure than you probably, if you left, but like, for these kids, like, that stinks. It really does. And it, like, ugh. It, it would rip my heart out if, because, like, played, like, two sports when I was 12 years old, and I would just look forward to summer baseball. I'm like, yeah, man, I can't wait for the one trip that we go out of state. We all stay at a hotel together yeah. and play, hotel. like, mini sits in the lobby. Oh, like, yeah. that. that's the best. Or, like, watch a bad movie and get yelled at by a parent. Like, that <laughs> stuff's hilarious. Not, not, like, porn, guys. I'm saying, like, super bad. I understand. That's where my, okay. that's not where my mind was going. But yeah, I no, I, a lot of these kids, man, like they, some of you'll, you'll see these kids get older, their best friends are on their sports teams. Like they might not have a ton of friends from their school, but when they go play sports in the summer and they travel with these kids, that's where a lot of their really close friends went. If you, if you take that away from kids, it's, it's terrible. And especially when you get into high school too, that's, you're, you're kind of getting to like, my brother's 15. So you're kind of getting to that age where he has kids on his travel team in the summer that don't go to his high school. And eventually kids start to kind of break off and they, you know, they stay more localized to where their high school teammates are playing and whatnot. So uh, the, the years of playing with the kids you grew up with are, are coming to an end, but I mean, yeah, at least they're, they're playing. I mean, they got a game tomorrow night. So I love it, man. If I if I don't get to watch Major League Baseball this year, then I'm at least going to get to watch youth baseball, and that's just I mean that, that might be kind of creepy to say. But. It's not, not yeah. Love Matt, the you game. Have ties. Yeah, you have ties. Yeah. Have you guys yeah, ever college. watched like co- competitive softball? Uh, no. A lot. Eh, I used to I used to go to our high school games every now and then. I had friends on the team. My sister was a pretty good softball player. Electric. And if you watch like the College Women's World Series, very underrated sport. But what were you going to say, Rebs? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about because you, you made a comment about like having closure about you know school and stuff as far as East Lansing. East Lansing is buzzing right now. If you guys ever want to come make the trip back up and see me, just so you know, 
I'm going to be there next, next weekend. Not this weekend, but like a week from this weekend. If that makes Can sense. you explain to me what they're doing with the tables in the street? Can you just yes. like not drive through like Grand River or wherever? So, okay. So, key, okay. So picture this. And to our, our, our listeners that are not from East Lansing, I apologize. Picture from roughly where Pinball Pete's is all the way down to the end of like kind of where Dublin is. You got me? That stretch yeah. of road. That's all blocked off with like – I don't know. It's blocked off. You can't drive down there. And there's tables set up every couple of feet throughout that whole stretch. And essentially in that stretch, you can open carry alcohol. It's like free game. I think there's hours on it. I want to say some, some guy that we met in the street was saying that like past 10 PM, you're not allowed to carry alcohol around there. But the first day that this stuff kind of opened or not the first day, maybe like a little bit into the first week, me and some of my buddies went to Barrio because that Barrio was open for like two or three days and then all this stuff happened. And they have a drive through window now that you can like walk up to and order drinks and stuff from, which is legendary. But literally, and again, I'm saying this as a 22-year-old, so sorry, mom, I'm legally allowed to drink. But we literally walked into 7-Eleven, grabbed some beers, and we're just sitting in the middle of the road drinking them. And then like the Harper's line, it's packed. Like it was packed down there, and which is kind of scary. But I, there's only two bars that are open right now, apparently. I think Harper's and Luha's might be the only two that are open. I know Luha's closes at like 11 p.m. or something like that. But you can just hang out in the street, and you can get food open and land eat shark. it. Like, no, the land shark might not make it out of this alive. No shot, but I'm praying for him. But it's cool. Like it's a, And apparently they're doing this through August until kids come back on campus for the fall. And I think it's a good idea because, you know, you allow people to take out food from a Hobcat or an LS Teco or a Barrio, and you can just go sit outside with your friends at a table where you're not really near anyone, and you can eat and you can drink. And there's, again, the bars, there's more bars starting to open up this week. I mean, but for all intents and purposes, like, it's a, I mean, it's a good time down there. And I, I, I've been down there one time. I'm still, like, I'm not comfortable enough walking into – a bar where it's just like, you know, 50% capacity in a small space of a bar like that is still pretty congested. So I'm not quite there yet as far as what I want to do. But when you're outside like that, man, with some buddies and you're just sitting around, it's, it's a good time. So I'm, it's, it's buzzing. People are coming. How is, is Dublin not open? Dublin's open during the day for, I think lunch and dinner and whatnot, but I don't think they were operating at night as like a bar as they usually do. But I, I think, Dublin in like the tin can and the rib I think within this week or within the next week or two they're supposed to start opening back up for people to to come in so I, I, I want mean, to make a comment this is not in like bars this is about the fast food restaurant chain so I work nights at this golf course and now with COVID everything closes basically at like 10 yeah and I can't get food I like I I don't understand why why is Taco Bell not open till midnight? Like, uh, just the fact that we're at home doesn't change the fact sometimes at 1 o'clock in the morning I'm hungry. Like, uh, <laughs> know what I, yeah, know what I mean? I get, I get with, like, the bars and gathering areas, but, like, hey, guess what? We're not all going to gather inside of McDonald's. Can you please keep it open until 1130 at least for me? Just, yeah, well, so, you, just, just think, so I get some nuggets. You'd think they also just, you know, like they – would make good business by staying open. So they'd want to maybe get that extra money from people like you who work yeah. late and then want food. I, the, I, I was going to ask you guys this. What do you guys get from McDonald's for breakfast? 
I get sausage, egg, and cheese bagel, and a hash brown and a chocolate milk. Ew, chocolate milk. I get two sausage McMuffins with a hash brown and orange juice. D- listen to this. So I go golfing. My buddy, we I pick my buddy up. We go play. He gets two sausage Edmund muffins, and I was like, "Dude, I like you are so heavy right now. Those things are leaking with grease. Leaking. <laughs> yeah, the griddles are worse. Dude, McGriddles are good though. I, I get the sausage like breakfast burritos because those things yeah. are unbelievable. I could That's have what thirty I had of them. My Sunday round. I could have thirty of them at least, but. I, I always find it interesting because everyone's like, oh, McDonald's breakfast, so good. I don't know I know anyone who consistently gets, like, the same thing at McDonald's. That's the, that is the – I think McDonald's menu in the morning might be the best menu in all of restaurant history. Like, the, the, other than the biscuits, like, what's bad about it? There's no bad item on that menu. Just the sausage adding, like, cheese biscuits because those Very biscuits diverse. are so dry. I like the biscuits. I like the biscuits, too. I like the biscuits, too. But, Collins, you're in a great spot as far as relative to East Lansing and, like, Michigan State's campus of living in that – well, I guess you work because you're moving now. But when you're in that little pocket of Cedar Village and you wake up on Sunday morning and you're just absolutely pickled from the night before, it's a tough walk to get there. But once you're at McDonald's and you get the smell of, like, the muffins in the morning and the coffee, slept on coffee, hot, hot as shit. McDonald's coffee, hot as shit all the time. But that's uh, dude, money. You're in the great. You're in the best spot ever. I and I also say this. I think McDonald's is the only fast food chain. I don't know if they have them now that they don't have freestyles, which is something what? I love. You know what I'm talking about the freestyle nope. pop machines. What? Oh, like they are, they got them at like Five Guys, like the big. They look in like Chidoba, a. It like looks the like big, oh, oh yeah. Those things stink compared to the old school fountains. The old school fountains are way better. I think McDonald's is, like, the only fast food chain I can think of that just, like, still has that. And maybe Taco Bell, but they have Pepsi, so who cares? But, like, the McDonald's one, when you get a Coke from McDonald's out of that fountain, it is a top five, maybe top three feeling in the world, especially in the morning when you don't feel good. When, you're, when your stomach's unsettled and you're like, oh, I got to settle her down. <laughs> McDonald's Coke, nothing better. And that's not a hot take, obviously. I hear oh, that yeah. all the time. I don't, I don't really drink a lot of pop, but I hear that all the time that McDonald's Coke is, like, elite. It's elite, elite, elite. Do you, do you drink pop, Trent? You don't look like you drink pop. I don't. I don't no, drink pop I, either. I, I mix pop with other things sometimes. Yeah, everyone does, yeah. but that doesn't well, count. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever drink it out of a can. I think that's disgusting. In fact, last night I took a sip of Coke, and I actually, like, winced. I'm, not, I'm serious. What? Too no, many bubbles, I, probably. Don't, I don't ever do it. No, I don't ever do I haven't had I don't ever do it. Like, it's like a methamphetamine trend. I don't ever do it. <laughs> I haven't drank pop in probably, like, three years. Like, actually drank it, you know? Like, gulp, gulp, yeah. gulp. Drink pop. Don't do it. Uh, you know, I mean, pop, I get what you're saying, but, like, it's different from – people are always, like – I get what you're saying. Can, like, pop is not good, and I used to crush it. Like, I used to crush Sprite. When I was, like, a little fat kid, I used to crush Sprite. But, like, out of the fountain pop is so good. Just so so good. I can tell you from what I remember in my career history, fountain fountain pop is a lot better. Well, I no longer drink it, but when I did. You didn't get chasers from Sparties? 
Ah, uh, no, I never did that either. Come Weak. On. I know. Not a veteran move. I, Not a veteran move right yeah. there. Um, all right. Well, in other news, my construction should be done in my house today. So that's that's exciting. Woo! Good, good that's for very us. Nice. Congratulations to you and the, and the guys. You. You're kind of baby, man. I, I, I thought the first Snapchat you sent us last week was funny. I was like, come on, dude, grow up. These guys are just trying to make a living. No, I know. I, I'm very friendly with them. I, I was going to offer them some beers today when they were done, but we don't have any beer in the house. So, I'll say uh, this. <laughs> When you sent the Snapchat of them listening to Strip It Down, I was like, you know what? I like the cover of these guys' jib. That's a jam. That's a jam Dude, of the, song. the problem is, the problem is, though, it's the same songs every day. Like, I can, <laughs> I, I can like, write down the playlist by like from memory. It's the same stuff. They take turns. Like, they'll play, like, they got the rap. They got the old school rap, which I dig when it comes on sometimes. Then it's, like, the Luke Bryan and Tim McGraw scene. Then they got, like, the 90s love song. It's, it's the same stuff every day. But it should be done today. They've done a great job. Um, They're just over and over again, followed by Strip It Down. Yeah, a combination. Correct. correct. Um, okay, before we get going into sports, I do have to plug the uh, the social medias and whatnot, folks. If you're still listening, if you've made it this far into the podcast somehow we're through like all of our banter about what we've been doing, sitting in quarantine, go to Facebook, the Motown Rundown. Give us a like. We post all of our episodes on there. We're also on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Subscribe, tell us whatever you got to do. We've been pretty good with content. New episodes every week for the most part. Sometimes we forget and I don't know. But we're doing great. Uh, hopefully we get back in the studio soon and things are back to normal. Um, as far as sports for today with the Motown Rundown, I feel like we've done a great job covering all the things that have gone on in Detroit. Um, so today I guess we kind of want to do There's a There's nothing going on in Detroit right now. Well, um, that's why we've done it all. We've talked, we've talked Lions with their draft, and that's obviously been over for a while now, and Tigers got – Tigers got torqued. Uh, they drafted the rest. Tigers, real quick plug. I know we don't want to get too deep into it because anyone that pretends to know about who all these guys are the Tigers drafted is lying. But it seems that they got some great bats. They went all impact bats, again, is the buzzword that keeps going around. Uh, from what I have read, they've graded out really well with this draft. So hopefully you see some of these guys up here soon. People are saying Torkelson could play like as early as next year, which I love. That'd be sick. I, I don't see that happening, but – like you said, if you act like you know with a lot of these second, third, and, like, fourth-round guys, I just get pissed off. Like, my brother, we're up at my family cottage, and he comes up to me. He's like, see that shortstop they they got from Rice? I watched him play. He's a stud. I'm like, okay, dude, set. You watch one <laughs> game of his, and he's going to be – then that's Raphael for call. Or just, like, a, a solid shortstop in your organization. That was a really random reference by me. Yeah, that kind of went over my head. Raphael for call. Raphael for call. I don't think – is it Raphael? It's for call. I know that. Definition of a steal in a fantasy draft in, like, MLB 2K9. He was, like, the guy who was always there in, like, the sixth round. You're like, ooh, that's a good bat in the lineup. Excellent. Good to know. I ever played 2K9. Yeah, sorry. Good job. All right, but either way, let's start talking. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the landscape of sports because obviously it affects. I mean, sometimes I don't know if it would affect our teams because none of our teams are actually playing given these sports coming back. Um, but can we start Major League Baseball, please? Because I'm so like uh, irritated. I, I, uh, dude, I. How Rob Manfred still has a job is beyond this guy. Like, it's not baseball, his fault. It's not his fault. But it is, dude. He's the commissioner of the league. Like, you have he, a, first of all, he comes out. He comes out last week. 
is we will 100% be playing baseball this year. And then, like, three days ago, he goes, uh, it's looking more and more like there's not going to be a season. Like, at a certain point, you are the mediator between the players and the owners. So, how, dude, like, Adam Silver is, I think, the best commissioner that, that sports have as far as the four major sports. It's not a, it's a, yeah, it's not even, not even close. But for the love of God, like, you are – Major League Baseball is killing their own sport. Because once, once the NHL comes back, once the NBA comes back, I'm sorry, baseball, no one's going to watch. And we talked about this last week. And if you don't have a season, not only are the owners losing money and your players are losing money, and honestly, some minor league teams might not make it out of this, and some minor league players are going to lose their jobs because they can't afford to pay everyone, well, who's going to come back and watch baseball next year? Your fringe fans, like your non-diehard fans, are not going to come back and watch this sport anymore. They're just not. The one thing I want to say about baseball, and like, I don't get it, and I think Ryan Rosillo tweeted this, and it was really smart. He's like, I never understand why people and owners are so interested about turning a profit every single year when their business is worth so much money. Like, know what I mean? Like when it gets to the point where you can't keep the lights on like yourself, just sell the organization. Like, no, like you always have that out. You really do. And like, and if you look at this in a long-term aspect, like if they play now, this is giving them more value for the future. Like, if this grows the game a little bit, if they seize this opportunity, it gives them a chance to, like, make more revenue the next year. So it, it, you're, they're so short-sighted, and they're trying to get over on the players. It's unbelievable. And when I say it's not Manford's fault, like, he's an idiot. Like, the optics of what's going on, he shouldn't be talking like – like, he's basically threatening the players, like, hey, we don't know if there's going to be a season. Because the owners have basically told them that. And because baseball's weird and that a lot of these teams only profit off of revenue sharing and they're not going to get that same revenue sharing. So teams like the Marlins and like whatever are going to lose a lot of money this year. And that's why you like hear that six teams don't want to play baseball this year, which is stupid to even like consider. But like Manfred is so weird because I think he started on a really high note where it was like anyone better than Bud Sealing. And then he's kind of taking this turn where he's trying to make baseball not really what baseball is. Like, he's trying to attract people to the game of baseball and, like, changing things about the game of baseball that I think baseball fans really like. Like, the whole idea of not being able to change a reliever once he – like, he must, like, face, like, three batters is stupid to me. Because as a person who likes baseball, I love the matchups. Like, I love, like – He's like, oh, are they going to pinch hit or are they going to bring a lefty reliever in? Like, I love that. a huge part of the game, by the way. That's a huge part of the strategy of like a seventh or eighth inning playoff game. Correct. Yeah, and Major League Baseball doesn't understand the reason. The reason they don't have fans is not because like the pace of play. Like the pace of play has always been what it is. And it was the most popular sport in like the 90s and like early 2000s almost when you were competing against the NBA and NFL. Like still, like that pace of play was still there. And I understand with national TV and like commercials and stuff, it lengthens a little bit longer. But like Manfred is like trying to like modernize baseball in a really bad way and doesn't understand that attracting to the newer fan and the younger fan is giving them more accessibility to their players on social media, which they don't do. 
And right here, the opportunity for them to be the only league playing, being the first league playing sports, and maybe giving them an opportunity to mic up some of the players, do a really interesting job with, like, the bubble that they have in Arizona and Florida is a complete miss, and that's all on Manfred. But the idea that this deal is not getting done because of Manfred, it's not. It's just the owners want to screw the players. I, I honestly, <clears throat> I think you pretty much just nailed it all. I just still am confused how – Baseball is the biggest niche sport out of all of them. I would agree, or I would I would argue it's either baseball Regional or hockey. sport. It's either it's either baseball or hockey, where you know, like your diehards love the sport, and other than that, it's kind of like that's all you got. I don't understand how we are now in you know we're approaching July and there is no baseball. I understand why. Obviously, it's coronavirus. How many times though have we heard about this Arizona Florida thing, and it's been proposed and talked about how it could work. And the players, we got the players out here tweeting, you know, tell us when and where. They're all ready to roll. And the owners, you know, some are on board, some aren't. Like you said, Collins, handful that aren't. I just think you have to find a way to get this done. I don't know. Baseball's the only sport where we're not even hearing anything about, like, any progress. Oh. The NBA, at least, they, yeah, they, they very well could back out of this whole Disney bubble thing. But at least they have a plan in place. And they have come out and said that's what they're going to do. And players have the option, if they don't want to play, they don't have to go. Dude, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard is because all they're asking for is a prorated salary. They're not asking – and they already took a cut once this thing all happened. Yep, they already were like – right? Yeah, like they were like basically like, hey, we got to do what we got to do. Like this is different times. And I know it's really hard to redo the CBA like in two weeks. Like, I know that's almost impossible because these things get done over the course of a couple of years. But it's crazy to me that they're just like, hey, let's, like, market our sport and get eyeballs on our sport for maybe, like, the biggest opportunity they've had in a very long time because the sport is declining. They're not, like, getting that younger fan. Like, they're not getting people below us. Like, I honestly think that, like, our age is maybe might be the last, like, you'll see diehard baseball fans. I could be wrong, but, like, I, I was listening to some Valenny where I didn't really agree what he was saying, but he's like, there's so much other things to, like, watch and stuff, and there's, like, more people watching Fortnite than sports now, basically. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I always believe there's going to be sports fans, but that number is decreasing. It really is, and I, I truly believe – as like the younger demographic right now, they've done such a bad game marketing, such a bad job marketing the game that like no one wants to watch it. And you have an opportunity to market the game, be the first, and people will clamor for it. They'll yep. be all in. Yeah, to your to your point on it, as far as the growth of the game, Collins, that's the one thing that baseball is going to have the hardest thing doing going forward. Because I look at it like this. Like, obviously, you know, we're, we're baseball guys. And I attribute that to my dad was a huge baseball guy. His brothers are huge baseball guys. I played the sport growing up. I love it. Like, you – I – People that love baseball might love their sport more than anyone else loves their sport. Like it, it's just that deep. And so the way I look at it is obviously there's kids that are younger than us that are playing baseball right now, but our generation, when we have kids of our own one day, if that's what we all plan to do, we're the people that grew up playing baseball that are going to get our kids to play baseball. You don't see, you know, some, if, 
Joe Schmo, who never grew up playing catch with his dad, he's not going to sign his kid up for baseball because he can't teach his kid the sport. That kid's going to play soccer or football or basketball or things that are much more accessible and are not as – the skill yeah. set is not as – is like specific to where if you don't know how to throw a baseball, you're not passing that game on to your kid. But you sure as hell can take a ball with your foot over to your kid and you can sign him up for soccer, if that makes I'll sense. I'll be honest. I, as the, so the Premier League starts today. Yeah. Out of our, like, demographic, what do you think, like, how many more of Premier League fans do you think there are than Major League Baseball fans? I think there's a lot more, which is should be alarming to Major League Baseball. And, and I'm talking about the, in America. Yeah, like, and the thing is, it's a, it's a terrific point. It's like, I know I have one of my roommates is a diehard soccer fan. He loves, he watches, you know, the German league and that we've been watching that a little bit when it's on and he's been pumped up for the premier league. It's not even the American league. And he's like all the, we have, you know, friends from, from impact too. like the, the soccer guys, they, they live and die for the it. premier Everyone league. Cause it's, it's the best, it's the best soccer that there is in the world. And that's why like the NFL is pop- more popular than the CFL. It's the best product that they have. And the fact that the premier league is going to come on, I don't necessarily know. Cause I know soccer is also hard for people to get into. Cause it's a long game and you know, people can make the case that it can be boring at times, but, but, it, but baseball, I mean, we are all, we're just talking in circles now, as far as like what baseball has done. And I, I just think you're right in this, in the standpoint that the one thing I could have not been able to stand about baseball is they, they trying to make changes to the game to speed it up. And I'm sorry, but as you said, Trent, the, the changing a relief pitcher after a batter, it's part of the game. Going Having a mound visit two times in one at-bat, it's part of the game. And, and that's the whole thing about baseball that I love is, you know, you get into a 2-0 count, catcher goes out there to talk, now it's 2-2, 3-2, he goes out there again, you're hanging on each pitch. That's what the best part about baseball is. Where baseball continues to fuck up is that they don't allow access to their players. It, it's not a very friendly sport to interact with because they control everything on social media and people aren't allowed to post content. That's what you need. Mike Trout is a generational talent in any sport. And you, like people, you know, we always say you can't pick up Mike, Mike Trout off the street. No one knows who the guy is. I disagree with that, but I know what you're saying. I get the sentiment and I agree with you. Last thing I want to say about like my whole Premier League and like baseball point is that like at least on social media, like people like tweet out and care about the Premier League. They're always talking about soccer. Like if it's a Saturday morning and you just see like all these names like Tottenham, Man U, Man, like you know what I'm saying? Like you see those tweets, like all that. I don't know what's going on because I'm not a soccer guy, but I appreciate that there's this huge fan base in the United States. Like, you never see that about Major League Baseball with our generation. And I guess it could be the fact that, like, the Tigers stink and, like, they haven't been good, I guess, in the last three years. But, like, it just doesn't have that buzz anymore. And if you're not going to play this year, I do think people will be back for when they play in a couple – whenever they play because they got to fix the CBA regardless. So who knows when they play next. Dude, if they can't if they can't even get on the field this summer, man, this CBA is going to be a shit show. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, dude, what money are they gonna have? Like, it's a completely changed the fabric of how people like how much money baseball players are gonna make. So it's and like how much organizations are gonna make. Like, they're gonna take a huge loss. So yeah. 
All I know is before we move on to a new sport here, because I know Trent's got some NBA stuff he wants to talk about. But the last time I remember reading when, when we were in May and talking about getting sports back, and it's always been MLB supposed to be first. I believe June 10th was like the date where in Florida and Arizona, there's going to be baseball being played and we're going to get to watch it in whatever capacity. And now we're sitting here on June 17th and it sounds like they're not even close, which is different from what Manfred said last week about them being very close. I don't know. It's ridiculous. They need to figure it out. We can go to NBA now because the NHL has been so quiet as far as like they, they released all their plans. It sounds good. You know, you're not going to be able to please everyone. So I think the NHL is pretty much all squared away as far as what they want to do. It's a matter of just executing it. They should be back mid to late July. The NFL, too, looks like they're on track. I do want to touch on some NFL stuff later, but as far as the NBA goes, I mean, Trent, you touched on it a bit at the beginning of the show, but it sounds more and more like there's pushback, there's not pushback. I don't even know. Like, I don't – fill me in. Well, so the the best commissioner in sports, like we talked about, Adam Silver – has laid out this plan that took him probably weeks, if not months, to lay out, right? We're going to go to Disney World. It's going to be a bubble. It's a huge bubble. You know, people say bubble, and they think everyone's going to be in one building and play all their games on one court. That's not the case. There's multiple courts, multiple hotels. Uh, Teams will be, like, placed in hotels based on seating. You have to stay six feet apart. You have to wear masks. There's things to do. You can't play doubles ping pong. There's a lot of weird (laughs) stipulations. There's, it's a 113-page report about this whole, you know, thing that's going to go down, right? So you've got these teams now, and obviously we've already heard about the, uh, the eight games left before the playoffs. 24 teams are making it into this bubble thing here. The Pistons not being one of them, so we won't spend too much time on this. But it's just like everything's ready to roll. Then you've got Kyrie Irving coming out of nowhere saying – for one, for one, Kyrie Irving has been injury-riddled all season, and I don't think he planned to come back regardless because Kevin Durant's not coming back. The Nets aren't really competing for anything. I think they're the seventh seed in the East. Maybe I'm completely off on that. But the bottom line is he has nothing to gain from this, and I completely understand. I do not want this message to get misconstrued. I understand why he doesn't want to play. They, would, they don't want to take the attention away from the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that. I completely understand. And I think that, you know, you can't really blame anyone on either side, whether they want to play or don't want to play for those reasons. My thing is this. We have the Los Angeles Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks, Los Angeles Clippers, the Miami Heat, all these teams that have put in this work, the Jazz, the Nuggets. They've put in all this work all season long. They've played 60, 65, what, what is it, 72 games, and now all of a sudden we're just going to say we can't give a champion. I feel the same way about the NHL. There has to be a way to get a champ. And we've got, the, we've got this player leading this coalition where he literally has nothing to gain from playing or not playing, and he just wants to say, damn it all, we're not going to do it. And it's like it, not, not another superstar is saying these things. LeBron James, Chris Paul. James Harden, Giannis, Russ, they all want to play. Kawhi doesn't speak that much. When he does, people listen. I just it, – it, it frustrates me because it's like, obviously, selfishly, our job here to talk about sports revolves around sports. And if there's no sports, it's, it's tough to talk as we, you know, spent the first 25 minutes of the show talking about golf with ourselves and just things like that. But it's like – Golf's a sport. We, no, no, I know, I know. But it's, you know, we're, we're talking about our own golf. But the thing is, the bottom line, as I'm just now rambling, I'm starved for sports. I selfishly want it back. I get frustrated when a league, you know, we just spent 
20 minutes talking about how the MLB has no direction. The NBA has a definitive direction. They know what they want to do. They have a plan. And then we got people saying we're not going to do it. I don't know. That's just, that just bugs me. Like, this I, is our chance to get sports back, get a champion. Yes, the finals will be in October, and it will be weird. But then the NBA will turn to what they should have done a long time ago, and they will start the season the following season in December. So it's just – I don't know. I see it I see it as a good, a good opportunity to get something good going. I get what you're saying, Trent. And, but I also understand what Tyree was doing. I, I think a lot of – I don't think a lot of guys in the league like Tyree. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of guys who think he's a little, like, snooty. I, I don't know what it is. But, like, I don't think his, like, general intention was, like, how it was portrayed in the media and Twitter, like, what he was trying to do. was I think he was just trying to have a conversation. He was like, hey, guys, we all need to be united in, like, what we do because the, the basketball is a majority black sport, and this is a major, like, moment in history in our country. So it, it, it's important to them, which is good, and it's awesome. And I think it's really cool to have leaders – like them, how, how they portray themselves and how they're going to handle this. And I think people have different opinions on playing would be better and stuff like that. But when it gets on the brass tats, I just think there's too much money involved. And I think the players know that too. You saw Ed Davis and Austin Rivers basically talking about, I don't have Kyrie's 30 million a year guaranteed money. And, and, and I want to set up my kids for the rest of their lives. I, we need to play this year. And I saw that they're giving the option for players not to come to the bubble and they'll just decrease their salary. But I don't know. It was like once – it's like really small percentage. Do you know how much it was, Trent? Uh, no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a little decrease in salary if they don't show up to the bubble and they'll get right. like guys from the D League, G League, and they'll get paid or whatever a little bit more than they were before. But I think it's – for any of these sports, they need, especially based, I mean, basketball and hockey, excuse me, they kind of need the playoff, like, TV money and revenue for their CBA to look somewhat normal when we hopefully get back to normal in the next couple of years. Like, it, like the basketball CBA and every CBA, maybe not the NFL if they're able to go without a hitch and are able to figure out a way to be profitable this year. But, like, everyone's going to lose money this year. Like, in the cap situation for all these teams is going to be so messed up because the NBA had a cap boom the last, like, three, three to five years. Like, no one's going to be able to get anyone a free agency. And all these free agents in the next couple of years are going to be screwed. So, uh, if you're a player, you got to look out for that. And I don't, And you saw Kyrie basically, like, finding out who's elite. Did you hear about that? Where he basically, like – yes texted in a group chat and he's like let's make a coalition and he never met it was just like trying to get the snitch out of the group which i think is kind of funny like look like, yeah that is kind of funny like you, you betrayed me fredo it's like spencer did what he gives him the kiss of death that's how he sees him <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I mean i i want the nba back too i think it is gonna be back there's just too much money involved and i don't think it's a majority feeling about guys being uncertain, wanting yeah. to go. I feel like it's the majority want to play. They just want to figure out a way where it's enjoyable for them. And, like, the bubble is not, like, horrible. Well, this is the last point that I'll make, and, Rabs, I don't know if you have anything to add, but, you know, I we're kind of beating a dead horse. But I just want to say, you know, I, I obviously we all have our own views and everything. I think 
you know, as far as the Black Lives Matter movement goes, I think if you give a player like LeBron James his platform back, who has been speaking out, you know, his entire career, you give him his platform back, he would, like, do you really think that that won't help him voice his opinion a little bit more, you know? That we got, we got millions of people watching him in the NBA Finals, and he'll be able to say something in post-game interviews, pre-game interviews, whatever the case may be. Another guy, Chris Paul, has been speaking out his whole career. Just guys like and, – and we've seen everyone speak out like nothing ever before because these are unprecedented times, and I get it. But it's like the first sport back will do what they got to do. And if that is the NBA, I just I, – I, I think it's a fitting way to sort of wean ourselves back into sports. I also don't understand – like Kyrie's the VP of the players association. And yep. I keep on hearing that from people. Guess what? There's like 15 VPs for the yeah. player association. Yeah, I hate when people like he's, there's not one singular vice president. So don't give me that's the reason he's speaking out. I think he's just, I, I think it is a part of the reason, but don't give me the re, like he's a huge part of the players association. I don't believe that. I like, I just think they all want to come together and figure out what's right. And I think they're going to eventually just say, Hey, let's play and figure out something we can do. But, I mean, it was kind of a buzzkill that when I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, they were like, yeah, we're ready to roll July 30th, we're starting. And then it was like uh, Friday night, we're like, eh, maybe not. But I, whatever. I mean, they got to do what they got to do. And it's like, however they feel, it's their, like, right. But financially, it's going to hurt their pockets if they don't go back. So I do think they, the players will want to come back. Yeah, I saw, I saw on Twitter yesterday, whatever the, uh, the map, the layout was as far as the timeline for the NBA coming back. I know one thing, obviously, that all sports, NHL included, um, with these hub cities or these bubbles, is that people want to be around their families. And, and you know, there's so many things to take into consideration with any sport of, you know, as is there a player whose wife or girlfriend is expecting a child? Do you want to risk, you know, being away? Like those kind of things, too, need to be take, taken yeah. into consideration. So I think the NBA is going, going the right way about it as far as if you don't want to come back and play for whatever reason, you don't have to. My thought process on that is, and I back to my timeline thing, I know there's a date that they have in there where they are going to welcome families back into the bubble a couple months down the line. But – my thought process about not playing and choosing not to play is if you're a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, I know Kyle Korver was very vocal the other day about if his black teammates think that it's, it's going to be better for the movement for them not to play, that he also won't play, which I respect. But it's like, dude, at a certain point, like if I'm LeBron and I'm playing for the Lakers and I got like three guys that tell me they don't want to come back and play, it's like at a certain point, like you're part of a team. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're contractually obligated to – to play for your team. And as far as just the team unit, aside from everything else going on, I would be pissed if I'm a player on a team and I got a guy that's like, I'm not going to come back and play. We're not going to win the championship anyway. It's like, dude, then like find another team. You know what I mean? As far as the Kyrie stuff goes, I, I've never been a big Kyrie guy and I'm not, I don't want to come off as like, just play the game. You make so much money. But I think Kyrie just – he always finds something to complain about. I don't think he's ever been a very good teammate. And to be honest with you, as far as superstars are concerned in this league, I don't really view Kyrie as being like one of the pinnacle players of this league anymore. I don't. So 
to each his own as far as what you think. And again, I, I have, as far as the Black Lives Matter movement, I get it. If they, if, if these players think that it's going to be better, and you're right, Collins, it is a historic time. If they feel it's going to be better for the movement with their platform to not play in a league that is predominantly a black league, then by all means, like, do what you got to do. I just think, as Trent said, for someone like LeBron James, Adam Silver is cool as hell. He will find a way to make this movement move forward with this league when they come back to play, whether it's T-shirts, whether it's things before game, in-game, players, like whatever they want to do. He will allow that to happen. And I have to imagine if you give someone like LeBron James the platform with his game, that he has progressed the culture so far with his game, they will do some tremendous things. And, and as far as this coalition or like Kyrie wants to start a new league, it's like, dude, they get over yourself, man. With, with yeah. you and your flat earth, like all your, all these things that you hang your head on, like you really haven't won anything without LeBron. You haven't done much in the league without LeBron. That's, and that's me being a LeBron slappy, but all these true. leagues need to play, dude. Like there is mo- money talks. These leagues need to move because if you don't move this year and you don't make money this year, you are setting yourself up for many years of, of failure. I, I just don't – between the MLB and the NHL and the NBA, and I have a very brief thing to talk about on the NFL, like these leagues need to make something happen. And I genuinely do believe that we will see sports – come the end of July, but it's just, you know, this whole COVID thing has gone from, we need to shut things down to flatten the curve, which we have done to then it's kind of turned into like, well, we can't do anything until there's a vaccine. And like, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. People are going to lose their lives. It's terrible. I'm sorry for that, but I don't have the answer. Like I don't like we, we can't, is an economy in a country in the world, like things need to move or the implications of, of money not being circulated and whatnot can be detrimental for years to come. And I, now I'm kind of getting off track of sports, but it's like, I just need sports, man. There's so many, yep. there's so much, there, there's some great things happening in the country right now and in the world, as far as we're, we're making movements towards bettering ourselves and having conversations. And I don't mean to get political or anything, but People need sports. Sports are unifying. Like, in us as sports fans, there's so much just, like, there's a lot of negativity that comes with things like this because there's pushback from all sides. But we just need to play, man. If you need me to if you need to throw on my New Balance cleats and go out there and throw a couple innings for the Tigers this summer, if that's what you need, I'll do it. Sign me up. I'll pay my way to Arizona. I'm there. That's all I, I, I would. I would pay your way to Arizona if you did that. Thank you. But also, I want to say this before we close the book on this. My bottom line is this, real quick. Two things can be true, okay? Two things can be happening. These players back, they can play the games and still raise awareness for the Black Lives Matter movement without that losing its, you know, full head of steam. I genuinely believe that two things can be true in that, in, in that area. I don't know. That's just... I, the last thing I'm going to say, though, is it, it kind of made sense, though, because – a lot of these people who and our society in general, it's like, it's not normal right now. It's very, very different in our economic like standing and social standing. And I think people are starting to understand like what a lot of these like people who like a lot of these black people who've been oppressed for a really long time. And it might not be like so outwardly but more systematically, but like they don't want it to be normal anymore. Because normal means they're going back to the things that led to George Floyd getting killed. 
So I get in that aspect, but I also Trent, I do believe you, and I do agree with you that if you give people like LeBron James and Chris Paul that platform, it's gonna move it forward in a positive way because they're such intelligent human beings and really smart people that they'll they'll do it so eloquently and demonstratively that will help the movement. Yeah, the last thing I want to do before we do our, our last bit of the numbers, our most iconic Detroit players by the numbers. Uh, the NFL is like the last league that we really haven't talked about a ton in a while. I saw, I guess, Zeke tested positive for COVID. And I guess a couple, like there's, you know, you're hearing stuff out of the NFL. There's there's several teams. Maybe that's maybe several is the wrong word, but there's teams where within the organization, players and and staff have tested positive for this virus. Do you guys think there's any chance that the NFL doesn't look as, as normal as they thought it was going to be? Well, I, I mean, I think they're starting to talk about this in college football as people are starting to get back to campus and work out. And pro football is starting to do that with OTAs and all these voluntary workouts. I, people are going to, like, contract the virus. Like, it's – and it's not going to mean that they're going to, like – it's going to be life or death for them because these guys are usually pretty healthy, but it's still, it's still a danger to put them with people that are not as healthy. So like when these guys test positive and all these, all this testing is going to start going on as we see these sports leads and organizations trying to get back to playing, you're going to see positive tests. You just, it's going to be one of the things you're going to have to deal with, with the new normal that like, Hey, Zeke might be out two weeks with COVID. Like, you're, if you're a fantasy owner, get over it. He's at COVID. He's not, he's not playing the Lions next week. Like, I, I think that's going to happen. And, it, and it's hard to imagine that it doesn't happen, just how, like, contagious and how large of a number there is in the NFL with players across the country. So. Yeah. That's I think you know going back to like the NBA for example that's it's one of the problems that's going to be a reality is you know let's say the the Lakers and the Bucks are playing in the finals and it's Game Six and all of a sudden LeBron tests positive and he can't play the last two games like that's it's it's there's it's obviously it's unprecedented times and that's where again given given the circumstances of this virus. If, if a player on a team that is competing contracts the virus, then yes, you do factually have to keep that person quarantined because then you're like being disrespectful to all the other humans on the planet. And that's where you get into the conversation of you have to hope and pray that before next season comes about, you're able to start vaccinating people. But yeah, as far as the NFL goes, man, I mean, I, I know the NFL is pretty ambitious as far as they want to play. They want to play in front of some capacity of fans, and I hope that does happen, but I don't know. Anything else, Trent, anyone wants to touch on the uh, the general sports landscape before we move back into somewhat Detroit sports? One pride. No. That's all I got. <laughs> One pride. Okay, our, uh, we'll get back to some Detroit stuff here. We have uh, who am I to do at the end of the show. Our last week of most iconic Detroit players by the numbers, or as Ryan Collins does it, just the favorite players that he has that wears these numbers, or guys that come to mind when he doesn't prepare to do it. So either way, we're here 91 through 99. We're at the home stretch. I feel like, I don't know, dude, I, I'm curious to get the read from the listeners as far as if people like this or didn't like it, but it's something that we can check off that we did and we ran through it. Uh, we'll start with 91. I'm going to kick it off because I think there's only one right answer for this one. Sergey Fedorov, most iconic player in the city to ever wear it. 
That's my guy. Trent, I'm, I'm sure you disagree. Trent, you're taking Jason Jones? No, 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 no. No. <laughs> I, I, took, I took Fedorov, but I also – I wanted to give a shout-out to Robert Porsche. Yeah. Is it Porsche oh, or Porcher? Porsche. Porsche. Uh, well, it's, that's it's how it's spelled. But it's, yeah, it's I know, Browns, but come Porsche. on. I mean, it was a three-time All-Pro for the Lions on the defensive line, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So that'd be off. He had great hair. He had yeah, the white it, skates. It is off. The yeah. Russian gas. The white, the white skates were so sick. I don't uh, care what anyone that's says. terrible. I no, dude. Get it? No. The white Nike skates, those were, ugh. Those yeah, were sick. I guess the well, white Nikes back in the day. I know Easton has a white skate. So when the Easton was still a company, they had a white skate. It was embarrassing. Is uh, Easton not a company? No, they got. Uh, I think they got bought. They got bought by someone. They're, Are they, they not making baseball up. bats anymore? I don't know if, dude. I don't. They might have not been making baseball stuff for like a little bit. Dude, if they're not making stealth bats until I'm in the drown, then that there's something wrong with our society. <laughs> I have to look at that. I know Easton got bought by someone, and they are no longer making hockey equipment. Baseball, I feel like they are out. I bet they've been out for a little bit, dude. Dude, the, the composition that. stealths were y- – y- you would make contact with it, and it was doing 450. Yep. I had one back in the day. Um, 92, Sean Rogers. I, this was yep. a who am I for Collins, I think, was brought it up. Yep. But Sean, yep. dude, Sean Rogers team, was like one of the most – terrifying players of all time i feel like just by the look what? by the eye test big guy all-time detroit lions moment too that denver run back that's something i will never forget <laughs> that was good also i infamously guessed ernie sims on your sean rogers yeah that was not uh, good even after you gave us 40 time of like five seconds or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i got sean rogers as well all-time image of him with the oxygen mask at Ford Field <laughs> after that touchdown. All-time image. Uh, 93, Johan Franzen for me, unequivocally. I Johan Franzen is like, of course, obviously everyone knows he – The mule. His, his career was cut short. Yeah, the mule, great nickname as well. Career cut short due to the concussion stuff. I love Johan Franzen. Just like – I know the one game he scored like five goals against Ottawa was insane. Um, was it Ottawa or San Jose? I think it was San Jose. Mm, was it, Get like was four it in the playoffs against San Jose when they're down 3-0. I remember that. I don't know. Franzen was nice with it before he well, yeah, had all those Franzen. injury stuff. But I think Franzen, half of Franzen's like legacy is the Dodge truck commercials that he was always in. <laughs> yeah, or, and, or people or people and, always being like they should have signed Hosa and not yes. Franzen, those people. Yes. <laughs> Well, they should have, but, like, that's well, not how it not, went. Hosa doesn't play anymore either. Yeah. Well, Hosa also was nasty for, like, six more years after that. Correct. That's probably yes, why. correct. Um, my 93 is the first Detroit Lions jersey I ever bought. Uh, Kyle Vandenbosch. That was the most – of course you had a Kyle Vandenbosch jersey. Yeah, that was my guy. Dude, Kyle Vandenbosch is the most Waterford Lions guy of all time. Like, people who have been going to the Silverdome and Ford Field for the last 35 years have a Kyle Vandenbosch jersey. With the red contacts, played at Nebraska, yeah. came in with Jim Schwartz. They were like, yeah, the, he's got that attitude that we like in Detroit. Blue-collar guy, he's bald. I people love lo- him. And he was white, so all the white guys liked him. It, it, was, it, was, it was Kyle Vandenbosch and Sue coming in at the same time. 
Wait, was Van Bush there a year before Sue? Van Bush got there in 2010, I believe. So yeah, I think yeah. that was Sue's first year. Right? That was that was Sue's first year. Yeah, so they had a pretty good year. But Van Bush was a little bit washed. But yeah, City of Detroit loved Van Bush. I remember before Van Bush's first season, I watched an interview with Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Kyle Van Bush. All three of them together. They were like sitting together. They got interviewed as a group, and it was just awesome. I don't remember what was said. I just remember as a little kid seeing the three of them talk about you know Lions football and I was just so jacked up ready to go I feel like Detroit Don's got like autographed pictures with Kyle Vanabashek in his basement yeah yeah at least one at least at, at least. least 94 Trent kick us off because I know we had to go lion here Ziggy Ansah 2015 was a great season I don't care what anyone says he was awesome he never got hurt that year he I, he was a pro bowler I don't know he didn't lead the league in sacks but he was close I remember his Thanksgiving Day game. He sacked Mark Sanchez on the Eagles and did the little eagle dance. I love that. Yeah, I'll go Ziggy. All-time name. Ziggy Ansa, great name. All-time long-sleeve shirt guy, too. Yeah, the Just, baggy long-sleeve shirt. Yeah. yeah he kind of, like, honestly brought that into fashion because everyone else does it now. He was one of the first guys I remember doing it. Really fast. He was really good when he played. He was his glass. He was glass for the Lions, and he's been glass for Seattle. I think he, he was hurt basically all last year with Seattle. He was banged up at least. So I'll go with Ziggy. I went back to my Lions website from or my Lions M Live thing, Trent, and I went Luther Ellis, but I'm going to go Ziggy because I don't even know who Luther <laughs> Ellis is. Great name. Okay. Luther Ellis is definitely a guy who could come off the edge. <laughs> uh, 95. Trent, we'll go back. Actually, Collins, do you have a 95? No, I don't. Trent, who's your 95? I know it's going to be a lion. Romeo! Romeo Quara. This is where my okay. brain went first. My brain went I mean, first. I, I, is there any like, good 95? There's been no good 95. Kyle so Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Oh, no, that man. guy, I hate Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy is one <laughs> of the guys on the Lions. Like, you guys hate Eric Ebron. I hate Kyle Van Noy. That guy stinks. I can't stand it. And oh, it's wow. so annoying that the Lions just never played him. And then they just gave him away, and he became this, like, player. I'll always hate Cal Van Noy. My, my 95 is Danny Markov, former Red Wing, only because in NHL 08 for the PS2, I used to run people through the glass with Danny Markov. That's the only reason why he's on. Is Ovi on NHL 08? The cover? Yeah. No, it's Eric Stahl. Really? At least on like the PS2, when he played for the Hurricanes, not the Wild. Was it? That was that the show where you could be the goal, like they had the like you were the goalie too, like when you played, like you had like a freeze frame goalie mode. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. It's I know. Watch your game. I'm trying to think. I think like 2K11 for the Wii, you could drive the Zamboni. That's a lot. I remember that. That's. A but good don't one. want Ryan Kessler on it. Eleven had. Oh no, no Kessler's never been on a cover. No I have a two K like I have a two K. Something hockey game on the Wii with Kessler on the cover. So really, yes. I got a. I, I took a really creepy picture of Ryan Kessler in the locker room at Suburban Ice Farmington Hills when he was in there. Like he got off the ice for a training session, and me and some of my friends were in there to go to like sticks and pucks. And then he broke a stick and he threw it away. And as soon as he left the locker room, I pulled it out of the trash can and it's in my room now. Scum. <laughs> um. 96. I'm only going to accept one right answer for this. I want to hear Trent. 
Trent, you and uh, you can go first, and Colin's already said it. But Trent, who's your who's your ninety six? Holstrom. Yes, Trent. I got Tomas Holmstrom. Might be one of my favorite Red Wings of all time. Mystic Forest native. My su- subdivision where a lot of my friends that I grew up playing with lived in. Uh, he was. He ended up being like pretty decent friends with one of my friends and like his family. Not a big deal. I have a signed puck from Thomas Holmstrom. I love Homer. Like, Homer, to me, is what I miss about, like, old-time hockey, about just this guy would sit in front of the net and literally eat sticks to the back of the neck and take pucks off the chin and didn't care. It was just such a good guy. I love the Swedes. The old Red Wing Swedes are elite. That's what I read about him. Wasn't he, like, the greatest screener ever? Yeah, yeah. Dude, he would just he would stand in front of the net with no visor on and just eat yeah, pucks off the that face. Was all, and that was sticks. unreal. He would take sticks in the groin for like 20 minutes a game and just didn't care. Such he was a good productive, guy too. too. Yeah, he was. Huge part, it, of the, huge part of the wings in the younger years. My younger yeah. years. I don't know how like, big of a part he was of like the 2 ones, but like I feel like when they won in 7 he was a very big part of that team. I I also like as far as he was a he was a big uh, uh, I don't know if they ever I don't know if Holmstrom was ever given a captaincy with his time with the Red Wings even though he was kind of like one of those leaders that just kind of flew under the radar I I'm serious when I say that I don't know if there has ever been another player like Tomas Holmstrom that I have seen play as far as a guy that like his job was just to be a absolute power forward and to stand in front of the net and one way player and love it. Yeah, like I, I, he was incredible. But that's my guy for 96, all of our guys. I appreciate that everyone went home to him. It's a uh, great 90s, jersey, too. Great yes, jersey. Is. You know what? I'm going to have to get one. That's good call. It's a great Alex. jersey. I'm going to write that like, down. I, I, when I see a Homer jersey, at like when I would see that Joe Lewis, I'm like, I like that guy. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. You're like, uh, I want to hang this out with that guy. This guy gets it. Yeah. yeah. This, this guy's got a real grip on life. Uh, 97, Trent, help me out because I don't know who my guy is. Well, I said the bad boys for 89, so I'll say the wings for 97. How about that? Can I do that? Okay. <laughs> I got you nothing. can do whatever you want. You, can... you want me to say Ricky Jean-Francois? Just no, little yes, little... Uh, do you know who this name is? Tracy Scroggins? No nope. idea. Sounds like, a, sounds like a South Park character. Yeah. <laughs> me Tracy That's Scroggins. Okay, That's my guy. So we're just going to move I'm, past that. No I'm getting a Tracy Scroggins jersey. Do you have anyone, Collins? No. Who's been 97? Like, no one's good. Like, some of these Karan numbers. Are, what? Remember Karan Reed? Yeah. I mean, the Lions are just, like, they have so many just, like, big and bad defense alignment that are, like, second string, and they've all wore 97 probably. So, give it to those yep. bad backup defensive linemen. Uh, 98. Who's that? That's Scroggins, my guy. Trent it's Munis, a sick jersey. He's showing us a picture of Tracy Scroggins. Yeah, uh, taking down Brett Favre. He looks great. Yeah, uh, Ninety-eight, Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley for me. Yeah, my Uncle David. My uncle David has a picture with Nick Fairley at a restaurant that is on my phone. Devin Taylor. Dude, I went Nick Fairley, but Devin Taylor is a great pick. I love Devin Taylor. I was Loved like him. all in on Devin Taylor because that 2015 season he was really good. And then, and did they cut him after that? I don't even know what happened. He was like one of those guys. Who was like a fourth round pick out of South Carolina, and he was just like, "Oh, he's nice. That was a nice draft pick. Like he's not like a difference maker." And then he had that really good year in 2014, 
And I think he kind of stunk the year after, and then he just, like, kind of got released from the Lions or something. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what happened with Devin well, Taylor. You know why I, I remember he had really cool dreadlocks, and that's why I liked them. He did. He they were, cool like, hair. silver on the tips. Yeah, they were really but You cool. know why I like Devin Taylor is because he wore number 92, and then when Haloti Nada came to town, he gave up the number. You know what? Respect. Then Respect he, your elders. 98. That's big with Trent. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough of that, though. <laughs> uh, 99 our last our last number here is we have now covered every single number possible to wear in sports in the city of Detroit uh, I went with Corey Williams at 99 Matthew Stafford twice what, I mean what is that <laughs> I don't know Matthew Stafford twice Collins are you also a Matthew Stafford twice guy whatever no, that means because that's not what? <laughs> I don't know. Did CJ Mosley wear 99 for the Lions? Yes. What was he? Uh, maybe okay. 98. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember funny. that. CJ Mosley? He played on what? The, the the tackle, not the linebacker. Oh, I was about to say. I was like, has he? And yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he was 99. Yep. That's my pick. CJ Mosley. Well, I was going to ask this. Is 99 retired by the NHL? Yes. Why? Because I don't know. <laughs> Stupid. Well, dude, like Wayne Wayne Gretzky is by and large like at, like when his career was over, and you look back on like all these sports, you you I don't think you can really make the case. No, you I think can't. in any other sport but the NHL, you can make the case that like so and so might have been the goat, but also this Gretzky. I mean, you ask people that like watched his era, and they can tell you like, oh, Lemieux was like, you know what I mean. But, like, Gretzky, from a point standpoint, like, no one's ever been close. I will go on record saying now that, like, if you put Gretzky in today's NHL, he would get mutilated, and he is not – I think when it's all said and done, like, as far as from a skill standpoint, there's guys that have been better than Gretzky. But, yes, it's, it is retired by the NHL completely. No one in the NHL is allowed to wear 99. But why Why wouldn't you want to, like, honor it with that? I don't know. No one – I. now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember the last college hockey. Is it, like, retired in, like, all of hockey? Like, I don't see anyone wearing 99. I, I, it's more it's more so like a taboo thing to wear 99. Like whenever I would grow up playing travel hockey and there were kids wearing 99, you just were asking to get verbally abused. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, 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 like you want to talk about like you can, you know, back in the day, you, you call kids ugly, you call them, you know, mean words, calling them soft and whatnot, talking about their sisters and their moms and whatnot. You wear 99 on the ice, you were in for 60 minutes of help. Like, Oh, Gretzky! You got playing against Gretzky today, boys. Oh, watch out! It's like it's such a hockey thing, though. Like to be what? like, yeah, I can't wear ninety nine, or you're a hardo. But in basketball, everyone wears twenty three. Yeah, so. needs to be retired by the NBA. Not, no, that would be stupid. I like it. It honors like those players. Retired yeah, but, for who though? LeBron or Jordan? Okay, no. Just retire them for both. We're not retired doing retired for LeBron. Okay, that's our numbers. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for everyone that has uh, has stuck with us through all that. Because there were some weeks in like the '60s where it was more painful than others. But uh, to end the show today, we have who am I? I'm six and four. Collins is seven and four. Trenton six. Trent, you're on a little heater here. You're six and three somehow. I am on a heater record than me. I will say this. I will say this. I've gotten a little help from you guys because last time I only gave the last name, and I got you guys gave it to me. Who was it last time? Let me check the text. I don't even remember. It was that it was someone uh, who played uh, outfield for the Tigers and wore number twenty-seven. 
And oh, I could, oh, 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 Rondell nah, White. Yeah, yeah, Rondell yeah, White. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to yeah. say Rodney White, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot, so I just said White. Collins guessed Kyle Farnsworth, which I appreciated. Um, Legend. Collins, Collins, do you have the Who Am I for us today? Yes, I do. Awesome. All right. Fire away. I'm ready to rock. Okay, you ready? You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I was born on December 3rd, 1983 in Northampton, Massachusetts. I love how the Wikipedia page, everyone's just been doing it. Okay. I was signed by the New York Jets as an undrafted free agent in 2007 after playing college football at the University of Massachusetts. UMass. No chance. No chance for me today. After three years with the Jets, I went to my hometown team, the New England Patriots, in 2011. Oh. Mm. So this is an expatriate who was not in the Quinn and Patricia era. That's interesting. Yes. Okay, all right. You got, here are my pre-draft measurables. <laughs> I'm six foot, 2,000 – are you ready? Six foot tall. 1,000 pounds? No, 211 pounds, ran a 477. So, those are his measurables. Got it. Great. Got it, got it, got this it, got it. This will be a short it. Wikipedia page. No, it's not. But uh, after one year with the Patriots, I moved to the Baltimore Ravens in 2012 and 2013, where I won a Super Bowl championship. Okay. All right. Following my time with the Ravens, in 2014 – I signed with the Detroit Lions. I got it. I know who it is. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna wait though. I, I knew you would get a Trent. No I have no idea. I love this guy. I know you do. After a two-year stint with the Detroit Lions, I played one year on the Buffalo Bills, and then he was out of the league. Yeah, let me. I, I got you. I think. I think. What, I'm gonna, what if year I'm was he out of the league? Right now? He was out of the league in 2000. I'm scrolling, scrolling. 16. Oh, no, Trent, you're wrong. Oh, okay. Those are, that's it. You just gave me the lineage of his teams, not like I can't get like a position or a number. That's fine. I was was going to do that. Okay. I was going to name his career stats. You let me. You let me know when he when you're done with his. I was just wrong at the top of my lungs. I I thought for sure I knew who this was. All right, go ahead. Kyle. Career NFL statistics, to- he had 394 total tackles, nine total sacks, nine forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and eight interceptions. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. UMass. What? Uh, Dude, now I'm trying to think if I know who. Is that I- it, Collins? No, I'll keep reading you some facts. There's no way you guys know this is, but he was added to the active roster and got his first shot in the NFL for the New York Jets after former Michigan State Spartan Eric Smith was injured. Safety Eric Smith was injured. Huh. I need to get this. I need this. 
I'm trying to think of like Lions safeties now. I got no, I got nothing. You got nothing. Wait, I know who it is. Hold up, I I already guessed. I'm wrong, but I just I. Yeah, yeah, I got it, and I did love this guy too. You want me he to like say- played. He played a pretty significant yeah, part yeah, on did. the Lions for at least a year. I Hang remember on. his. I Trent, remember you're his. right. Yeah. Strike two. Hang on. Hang on. Rabs, you can get this. You just got to really think. You got to really think. He he actually he started for probably two years. Every game, always stay healthy. <laughs> I'm just I my mind is just not I. I'm trying to think so hard. He played for the Bills. He played for the Jets. I don't um, think that will help you that much. You just got to think of Lions who were, you know, 2014. To think 20- Lions and Ravens. I'm giving you <laughs> 10 seconds. 10, okay. 9, 8, I'm 7, texting it in. 6, 5, 4. Uh, you stink, dude. Ryan Rabinowitz's <laughs> guess was Ed Reed. That was that's a, no fun. It was James Ahidabo. Oh damn it! Oh, oh my I god! I just, dude, I just watched. I watched the video. My favorite, one of my favorite videos on YouTube of Ray Lewis's last game at home, like the last dance, and Ahidabo's in that video getting. Oh my god, dude! Collins, Collins. Oh, how did I okay. fuck that up? My guess, Rabs. My guess was Josh Bynes. He also won that Super Bowl with the Ravens. That's what that's what locked me in because I it's was not a bad like, guess. Well, I just I should have waited because Josh Bynes actually hasn't been had a, like a bad NFL career. Well, he's still in the league, I guess. Yeah, I should have known that. He, he hasn't been horrible oh either. Oh my god, I can't. James, oh, I was James literally had watching the video with him. I loved yeah, okay. him. I loved the head of ball. He was good his first year. He stunk his second year. Do you guys remember when he he picked off? a pass in the red zone and then started running back the other way and then fumbled it back to the other team. Yes. Yes, I do. It was third, it was third down. So it didn't matter, but I was still so pissed. I was like, he had a great celebration too. Yeah. The grave digger. That's what we yeah. called it. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. James ahead of all. All right. Good one, Collins. That was sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else got anything to start, say? I'm going to start giving pre-draft measurables in every, who am I? It helps you. It helps you like realize what position he is. I'm giving it away. I'm just giving you a hard time. It actually is not a bad clue. Anyone have any parting words? Nope. One pride. Okay, one pride it is. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every single week. Hang in there. Stay safe. Wash your hands. We'll see you next time.